The Show, your show for personal development, broadcast from Hollywood, California, powered by Island City, where we are with the CEO of Golden Bay Mortgage Company, Mr. Rene Jacques. You're going to love this guy's story. And he is one of the rising businessmen on the West Coast, I think, period, that from small businesses and going into other ventures is going to be doing some things that not only good because we're not just pumping him, right, because that's what this is. But then also the fact that he has some very doable life lessons for you in this show and beyond. Check out the links for his um, book and everything else that Renee is doing. Thank you so much. Now a word from our sponsor. Whenever it's cold outside and you need a little heat At the gamer in the plane is comfortable on your feet When it's time for a nap, it's a pillow for your sleep Get your comfy blanket now Get your comfy blanket now Welcome to the Coach V Show, your Hollywood radio show for personal development with expert insights and interviews to help you, me, and we work to be our best and live your best life. And in that, Renee and I will be offering to you success frameworks, behavioral models, and life lessons for you to consider. And if it fits for what it is that you're doing in life, leadership, and business, please do deploy it all over what it is that you do. Here on the Coach V Show, sponsored and powered by Island City, where the beach meets the streets, we have author and very successful businessman joining us today, Mr. Rene Jacques, who is a former athlete at Sacramento State University basketball team. Rene Jacques played with some of the country's best players and coaches, while some of his former teammates went on to get drafted in major basketball leagues. Rene's path led him to business, where he achieved massive success, even greater than his days on the court, and also as an athlete. He is the founder and the CEO of Golden Bay Mortgage Group here in the 9-1 Sizzle. And his mission is to help people develop an unstoppable mindset that drives the pursuit of building a phenomenally successful business. In that, I am so excited to bring on the Coach V Show today, where iron sharpens iron, together we rise. Mr. Rene Jacques. Rene, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy CEO slash author slash amazing husband slash amazing father schedule to be here with me and all that watch and listen to our show here on the Coach V Show. Rene, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. Man, thank you. Rene, let's just start from the beginning, right? Where were you born? Where are you from? I know the, the legend um, that I've heard the whole the Oakland deal coming over to Sac State, going through m multiple challenges in terms of your life, your relationships, and your business. But take it away. Who is Mr. Rene Jacques? Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I, I, I originated and born and raised in Oakland, California. Um, you know, just uh, a kid from parents that from different parts of the country. So my mom was from Wisconsin. My dad's from Louisiana. They uh, the the joke is what that they they not only met at Cal Berkeley, they were going to Cal Berkeley together. But, you know, um, I grew up with a VW van and a VW bug. And you right, know, right. It, 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 we just had 
the whole Berkeley vibe going, even though we're uh, living in Oakland at the time. But, you know, um, uh, I have two brothers, my, um, my, my immediately older brother, he's eight years older than me. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, as I was growing up, I know my love for sport and a lot of the drive came from just being an observing party to him. He uh, played on some really good teams as well, but you know, the age difference being eight years different, uh, those who are younger siblings, especially if you're not like kind of battling for uh, attention, we were far enough apart to where him and his friends were, were bigger than life to me. So when, uh, when we all kind of try to fall in love with the sport and fall in love and get a little bit of drive in you, a lot of it has to do with what you dream about. Right. And, you know, uh, that, that was a big thing for me. I used to see him, Jason Kidd was one, one of his travel teams. So watching them and uh, play all over the place and, you know, I dream about it at night. So that's where the, the love of the sport of basketball started. I was, I was a kid on the side of a court or a side of a field, no matter if it was basketball or baseball and, running my little games on the sides and, uh, and always wanted to, to excel and play, play sports. And I was lucky enough that I, I not only picked it up, but uh, I was good at it. Another thing of him being eight years older, I was playing against people a lot older than me a lot. Right. Uh, young. So, you know, when I would see somebody my old age, my own age, uh, it, it, they weren't that intimidating to me is really what it was. So, you know, came up playing basketball. Um, I was able to go to St. Joseph's over in Alameda, which again is where mm-hmm. Jason Kidd went to school. Mm-hmm. And um, the team w- was was good enough to stay in the spotlight from my sophomore year on being top 25 in the nation, playing with some incredible players. Uh, that's a front row seat to some of the best players that were in this uh, entire country and playing against some of the top teams. And uh, that led to a scholarship uh, at Sacramento State. And um, in turn, learned uh, led me to a, a degree in business with a concentration in real estate. So that's the Cliff Notes version of, of kind of what led me to being up in the Sacramento area, staying and uh, in, in starting my professional career up here. That's awesome. So, so talk to us about some life lessons. You already talked about it. Like you played up, even though you, you were eight years younger, you not being intimidated by playing against anybody who was older, bigger, stronger than you because you had older brothers. What's the life lesson there for kids and for parents that have siblings that might be, or, or their children, right. Or are eight years apart. Right. Yeah. Well, what's the life lesson there of just not being intimidated? This is just what you do. And then you got onto the basketball court at St. Joseph and it just carried through there. What, what are some of the life lessons, Renee? Well, I, I realize now that, you know, as 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 you grow and as you uh, are developing, you know, a lot of this stuff is is going on in the background that you're not aware of. So you're setting yourself subconscious. Uh, it is not that I wasn't intimidated. I just had a reference point of when I mm. saw somebody who was my old age, it was less intimidating than the uh, the eight-year-older guys who were um, over the top tough uh, and talk smack the whole time, you know? So it was less intimidating for that. But the reality is it wasn't that it was on purpose that I was stronger in those moments or, you know, it, it, it was a subconscious thing that came up to me to where I, it, the fear just wasn't there because of the situation that I had been and the reality is we make a lot of that fear in our own brains, you know, that, that holds us back. So, man, uh, when I'm talking to my kids and I'm talking to other kids in the community, 
one of the things that I bring up really, really early is failure. You know, if the earlier you begin to fail, the earlier you get beat, beat at basketball by kids eight years older than you, uh, you know, and you're scared to even get on the court with them, the sooner you fear, figure out that it's not that scary when you're in the middle of it. So I want them to fail early, fail often, and fail forward is really what um, that, that in a roundabout way uh, brought to my, my life. And I hear that often in my space of personal development, uh, coaching the Fortune 1,500, 100 companies that I do and all the level of one-on-one clients that I do is this fail forward. Just for me and the audience, please explain what that means, please, Renee. So, uh, I mean, somebody asked me about a specific question about business. You know, how, how do I get into business? And, uh, you know, what should I do? What are my first steps? And in, in my own personal uh, um, journey here, I had to run a company into the ground because I opened a corporation, didn't know how to file taxes for it and and didn't know how to work it. I had to, not that it was some catastrophic company in any way, shape or form, but I had to learn by trial and error of what not to do and what to do by doing business. So what that really means is when I did go full board, because that was kind of my uh, tip, put my toe in the pool and kind of learning then when we went full bore and opening Golden Bay Mortgage Group, it was my first legitimate company where we're doing everything right as much as we could, uh, learning what we could. As soon as I got on that side of it, you learn from being in the middle of going through the unknown. And mm-hmm. I was upset at myself that the fear that I had put in my own head about business and what I was scared to do held me back from doing it. I should have done it earlier. Imagine what, where I'd be uh, in life if I had started even earlier than this and how many more people I could help if I started earlier than this. This is the fear of unknown, the fear of failure. When the most successful people that I have found, and I continue to interview as many people as I can that are a lot more successful uh, than, than anything that I'm doing, that's one of the things that they're always alluding to is they're, they're, the way that they deal with failure and that they kind of crave the the possibility of being on that toe in the line of failure or success. They have a different relationship with failure. They accept right. it and they go after it, and no no longer becomes scary. So that's that's what I mean about failing forward is because you're just attacking whatever that goal is without being paralyzed by the fear of the feel the the fear of failure is what it yes, is. Yeah, no, that that's phenomenal. And really what I find amongst really what's the term right now in personal development in my space is these high performing habits. And one of these mm-hmm. high performing habits it is that I I see from people like you and the multitude of clients that I coach that are very on a very high level is their response behavior is what I call response behavior. Right. Failing forward is we all feel the regret. We all feel um, the anxiety and the feeling of scared of what people are going to say about our failure. But the most successful people it is that I'm around on an everyday basis on Zoom or in person is their response behavior. They still feel the fear, right? Right, Renee? They still feel um, the, the letdown and the failure and the setbacks. They feel the emotion of that. What sets them apart is how they respond to afterwards. The initial human reaction, everybody feels fear. Everybody feels depressed. Everybody feels those things because that's innate human behavior. But the successful, 
how they respond definitely distinguishes them in terms of failing forward, learning the lessons, building the bridges with all the, the haters that, that throw in their stones and they take those stones and they, they build a strong foundation forward. Anything else you would like to add to that before we move forward? I mean, that, that is hundred percent correct. And, and right. here's the thing. Uh, I, I, although it hasn't been perfect, one of the things that's changed everything is, um, you know, the, the, I, I say the quality of life is, is based on the quality of my communication. And what I mean before when I'm talking about communicating with other people is how I communicate with myself. Mm. So when I'm going through these things and we fail on a daily basis, there's stuff that's not going right. right. The ability to look inward, analyze what happened be brutally honest with yourself about what it is and learn from it, make it, make these small adjustments. That's how you begin to jump over those things. So if the, when the quality of my communication specifically with myself changed, that's where all of these things of failing forward start to really make sense to me. Oh man. Now you're talking some coach V talk. I love <laughs> that. Right. Because most of the people that are the so-called experts, which I feel like I'm just getting started in this expert realm, um, having a Hollywood radio show and having a podcast and having all these things and people paying me a large amount of money to do what I do. But, but really, I, I really feel that, um, that communication is defined by how I teach in empowerment is the sending and or receiving uh, information in the way that it was intended, mm-hmm. which is very hard to do because yeah. that means you have to articulate it a certain way. And then the person who's receiving it has to also receive it that way. Right. Um, but then you said like this, this communication, right? It's like this ongoing, never ending and relentless communication about standards and expectations. Here's the processes, right? Then processes now are replicable steps that have replicable outcomes. Am I talking the mortgage uh, uh, lingo or, or, or not? Or am I just off? Oh, am I off in another one? Talk not about on. that. Well, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Effective communication, because that's what you just said, the quality of my communication. So I'm like going, okay, you want to level up in your life, leadership or business as you level up in terms of communicating effectively, which is defined as right, the sending and or receiving information in the way that it was intended. And then you follow up on that. There's standards and expectations. No, don't do your own shit. Like this is the steps. These are the outcomes that come from it. You want that outcome? This is the steps. And if you're not doing it, it won't work. Not because I say so, right? Renee, this is what life leadership and business tells us all. What's your thoughts on that, Mr. Renee, CEO? I mean, it's it makes me think of something that we're literally still dealing with right here in office. So I have a team that I'll put up against anybody, meaning right. they they it's just about effort. We have quality individuals that care about clients. They want to go above and beyond. I'm a big firm believer that uh, uh, that good is not good enough and that companies have been absolutely torpedoed by good employees. That sounds mm-hmm. weird, but it's an absolute fact when it's there. So I have a whole group of people that are committed to going above and beyond, but we have this, we got all this work going in the background. It's always client first. You putting all this effort towards it, but there sometimes is a breakdown in the communication of how the client doesn't see everything that's going on in the background. Mm. And, you know, uh, even internally, people who are working on my files for me here, they're doing all this stuff, 
But there are times that I don't know and I haven't gotten the update and I'm not sure what's going on. And what does that immediately do for you? you it, it lets doubt creep in and you wonder if they're doing their job or whatever the case may be. And I know that's not the case. So it is our responsibility to not only put in the effort because that's that's what's required, right? To get us right, to whatever, right. whatever that goal is, that's what's required, but to clearly communicate the steps and the expectations and how mm -hmm. you keep updated. If none of that happens, then all of the hard work that goes on behind the scenes is for naught. So right. it's just a, an example that we're dealing with right now in my, in my company about how we need to over-communicate just to let them know how much is going into it. And then they, you know, they hear that update and they're like, these, these guys are on it. We're on it no matter what. But if we don't right. let them know, it, it, it's, it's like you said, all for naught. So that's exactly what I think of when you were saying that. Yeah. And, and, and people, I, can, can you be real with us, Renee? Can you be real with us that like one, success and winning is hard to do. Being average and consistent at being average. Like if you want to be a hundred and fifty thousand quarter million dollar earner in the mortgage business, that is something that is not easy. Because people are like, well, you know what? We don't like them because they lose or they succeed or, or they fail. Man, success is hard. And then two is that having a culture where you're always striving for excellence because people talk about excellence all the time, but they don't know how it can wear some folks out if you don't have a strong culture. Like telling people every day that that's not good enough or this is the level. Hey, no, that's not the standards and expectation. That is a hard thing to do because it grinds on people. Real talk. Is that real talk or not, Renee? Oh what are your goodness. thoughts? Uh, it is. That is that is so, so not not only 100% true, but man, there's just so much to even break down in that. You right. know, not only is success hard, but it's uh, the steps during it to get there are unforgiving as well. Just because you say put that again, the steps, steps are what I love that you were unforgiving. Say that steps, again. <laughs> but the steps that it takes to get there are unforgiving. And what I mean by that is you can do everything right and still not uh, be successful in what you're trying to accomplish. Then you still yeah. have to go back to the drawing board and, uh, and, and, and recreate or readjust based on it. Success is a word that is now like uh, people continue to, to associate that with me. I, I still don't even feel like I'm close to where the potential is. Right. I, I, it's hard for me to hear when people say that, like in, get the introduction like that. It, yes, there's been some good platforms and plateaus we've broken through, but it's so far from the potential when you get to see it. But going back with how unforgiving it is, it's hard. It's unforgetting. It's not linear. It's uh, you're going to hit these peaks and valleys. And one thing I will give an example of, uh, you know, there, during the middle of COVID, we, we spiked in the amount of business that we have. Rates dropped and it became, um, you know, somewhat of a trying time because I never want my clients to feel how busy we are. And, you know, we got to strike while the iron's hot. It became a situation where we're working all day. I give my kids their sports during, um, during whatever we could do during COVID, but doing some stuff there. I get them fed, get back on my computer after the little man goes to sleep at like eight or nine o'clock and then be on the computer again till like one or two in the morning just to keep up with that work. I was at an absolute true breaking point because just not enough sleep, uh, overworked. And this is we're talking about months in a row of this. And I felt like, hey, I can't do this anymore. 
And the reality of it, I call, I start to realize because of multiple things that were going on around that time, I call that a, a breakthrough indicator. When you feel like it's over, I can't do it. I'm at my capacity. It's that moment where I've wanted to quit multiple times in my life. I had to start going back to other stuff where I was ready to quit. Didn't think it was possible. It, that's the indicator of when taking that one more step is where the breakthrough happens. So I had finally broke through and did over 200 transactions last year. Wow. And it, it hurt. <laughs> I mean, literally the amount of effort it took, it hurt. So it was hard to even want to try to build on that going into this year. But I did get a moment of clarity there, start looking at the process, try to lean more on the team uh, and hire correctly and things like that. It led into a year of 2021 where I'm going to be north of 300 transactions this year, but was able to do it with a lot less stress on a day-to-day -day basis. And mm. now I feel like I can get to four or 500. It's just a different day. That was my breakthrough indicator. When I thought it was enough, I thought I was at capacity and come to find out still a fraction of what's possible with us out there. So you kind of got I'm now like searching for those breaking points and people, when you run into that, those times where you're like, man, I've plateaued in this workout and I not seeing the body change and I'm ready to quit. As long as you continue to put the work in and you see that and you're like, all right, I'm close to the, where this breakthrough is coming through. That's what put a lot, it op completely opened my eyes. This is one year ago that it completely opened my eyes on some of the stuff that I thought was the breaking points were, were the indicators of what's coming next. Right. I mean, it's just so unrelenting, the communication, the standards and expectations, right? Because if we just correlate that to sports where people are like, Man, you, you can just relax because, I mean, look, mon money's the, the cheapest we've ever could sell it, mortgage industry, correct, right? And that's the same thing as players back when I was coaching football at Division One level is just going, coach, I mean, we won by 42. You act like, you know, this is a big thing. This is a big thing because this is what we do. And most people, when they reach what you're calling the, the breakthrough indicator, they don't understand that their level up is if they process up. So it's not in doing more. It's becoming more effective and efficient by hiring and hiring, right? And what's called build, what I call building and flying your V formation, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And making sure that the daily habits, activities, routines, and automated tasks match up in terms of what the process is. And then you go from doing 200, 300 to 400 to 500 deals because there's a process. Because everybody talks about, man, you got to level up. You got to work harder and level up. No, if you want to level up, you better process the hell up because just there's not enough hours in the day. True or not true? And what are your thoughts on that? And please add to that with the wealth of knowledge that you have. I mean, going from from 100 something deals to 200 deals and now 300 deals. I mean, that level up comes from processing up. Is that true or not true? What are your thoughts? It, it, it is not only is it true, it's it, here's the thing you, you hear me see and I, I use cliche, so I'm not going to act like I don't go down that route. But right. all right, all right you, you need to level up. What, what does that mean? What does leveling up mean? People who take it to the next level have to break down what the process is and how do I make it to where I'm, I'm laser focused enough to put the things in place to, to get to whatever that next level is. That, that's really what it has to mean. So it was in, uh, at the breaking point, it was turning internal, looking at the process. I literally wrote down with, with the help of my business partner, everything I did on a daily basis. So right. I had to start from scratch. I had to write down everything I did and um, we use a tool, it's called the Acts of Freedom. Um, and really what it was, 
everything that I was doing, I had to find a way to ax off at least two thirds of that to people and empower them to be able to handle that portion of the transaction right. to allow me to focus on the things that were bringing in the dollars and, and continue to be able to do the, the thoughtful things for my clients is really what it is. So the ultimate goal is to make sure it's a great customer experience. No matter how busy we are, we wanna make them feel like it's the only loan that we have. And if that's true, that. yeah. what my goal was, I had to look internally and use this acts of freedom to level up. But there's the meaning behind it. It's not just saying it. It's that's how you do get to that level up period of time. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So Brendan Bouchard calls it um, prolific quality output. Okay. Right? Um, in high performance habits. I call it most vital task. Now there's a point where the CEO, when you were at with your company and your partner, right? Where you kind of did everything. But at some point you have to stay in your power play, right? You're Kobe, <laughs> you're Michael on your team, right? I mean, that's who you are. You're, you're Bron Bron, you're LeBron yeah. on, on my Lakers, right? Yeah. Like this is what you do. And this is what the role players do. And as we play our roles, then we have to now adjust according to what the game situations are or the client relations or the client needs and or what this file needs for that. But you stay in terms of high level, then you have a process for this level. You have this process for your people in the back that's doing the paperwork, right? I mean, that's the hardest thing where people don't want to give that up when they're, when they're business owners, right? Come on, real talk, right? Because you feel like, well, if I do it, It'll be faster than training this person to do it. Yes, in the short, in the short. But in the long run, nah, you don't, you don't simplify your equation. So you're never able to, you know, cut certain things out. You're, you're always adding to do more. But what we're talking about, what you did, please tell us, does that make sense? And, and does that seem like what it is that you and your partner experienced? I think that's the biggest trap in business is exactly that. So I'm, I'm going to give you multiple examples here. So I, um, when I was doing loans and it was just me and my business, uh, my business partner was my processor. So we, yeah, we right, ended up right. stepping out. So it's me, my business partner, and one assistant. So it's three people. We're up to 28 people in the company right now. So, you know, we're going in the right direction, but slow but surely uh, we're, we were adding on to what we have going. It took my business partner who, you know, he, he's an, uh, I played basketball in college. He played rugby at Chico. So he's a tough oh, guy as well. Dirt dog. Yeah. He's yeah. so, uh, so it, it tough guy. And, you know, I feel at home when people talk smack to me, but it was, it took him some time to chills away and peel little bits of my control over the process away. Um, we continue right. to hear that if somebody can do it, 80%, even 75% as good as you can to allow you to uh, focus on some bigger picture things, then it's more than worth it to do it. And 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 it was a complete shift as we started bringing people in uh, in on the team. I do have a what I consider a team lead now. You can mm. do anything that I can do. And we just, he's one year into this industry. He's an absolute superstar in training. And it's not even in training anymore because he can do a lot. He was at his one-year anniversary, and we just brought him in and, and, and kind of wanted to look at what the vision was and what the next step for him. Um, we, we gave him the title of team lead, and then we had to have the same talk with him about what he does on a daily basis and mm -hmm. at utilizing our team. Now he is uh, has to work at a higher frequency, and he has to learn how to delegate more. 
he's one year into it, learning something that took me 13, 14 years into the right. industry, right, but right. I have to, I have to teach my team to do the exact same thing because the trap is he's so good that he's going to just going to try to do it himself. And I did that for years and years and years. Right. And it's a different mindset to know that. And if you truly want to do more business, if you want to help more people, you kind of have to get out of your own way to do that and Real know that team is what it is. It's always about the team and empowering the team. It's going to give you some time back, but it's also going to allow you to do more for your clients. And, and, and we'll get to a point where we could do shout outs. But since you're talking about them, uh, let's shout out your team lead and your business partner right now and go ahead and throw some love out to those guys. Please. So, I mean, I, I will start with my business partner, Cam, Cam Villa. Uh, he is a guy who changed my life. He was specifically brought on to the last company that we both were at to come process for me. Funny story for him. They brought him on and said, hey, you know, I'm bringing you on to, to work with Renee. And, you know, he I want to let you know he's he's hard to work for work, work with. You know, he <laughs> they told him you were hard to work for. He said he doesn't say thank you that often. He's just, he's hard on his employees and he like warned him. So, you know, like I said, he's a tough guy and he didn't shy back from it. Now him and I showed up at 6 a.m. Uh, on a daily basis to start our work day. The most the majority mm. of the uh, other loan officers would show up between either nine or 10. So we used to be three to four hours into our day before somebody came in. Um, a couple months into working together, we're we're crushing it. We're doing well. He leans back and he's like, man, you know what they told me when he, when they showed up, they said how, how hard you are to work with and that you don't say thank you. You're the biggest cupcake I've ever worked with. Man, it's so easy. <laughs> for so a rugby just, guy. Right. So, uh, you know, it's a cool story because, you know, I, I'm, I'm hard on, I expect a lot out of my team, but it's almost always lighthearted unless we're not doing what we're supposed to. Right. It wasn't right. at the level of my standards of what I promised to my clients. So I was rough on the people before him. He came on, changed my life. Uh, we decided to go into business together. Slowly but surely pulled my hands out of the day-to-day -day, uh, operation and some of the little stuff. And he's the reason why we've been able to grow. Him alone like led that portion of it. So um, that's my business partner, Cam Villa. Um, absolutely amazing guy. And the team lead that I'm talking about his name is Udiel. So, uh, so we call him Udi for short. Um, he is uh, one year into the industry. He just had his first baby. He has big uh, aspirations of just developing. And but you know, when you start with somebody that's just an overachiever when it comes to the effort that you put towards something, and super knowledgeable, just a smart, smart uh, guy. Um, I, I I call him a kid. I I believe he's 27 or 28. That just shows that I'm getting up there when I'm calling 27, 28 year olds kids. But um, but uh, you know, I people people ask me what I do. I, I'm yes, I own multiple companies, and yeah, we're leads. I really invest in quality people. That's what mm -hmm. I do for a living. When I find somebody that's a quality person like Udi is and what he does for our clients, I'm just going to put my time and effort into developing somebody like that. So that's what I do for a living. I invest in people who are quality and deserve it and develop them and help them reach their dreams is really what gets me going on a daily basis. That's awesome. Yeah. So shout out to Canvia and Udi. The, the, the young the young gun man Udi if you thought you knew what life was now that you got your first child your eyes are going to be made wide open because it's one thing to get after some success and Udi probably knows this right but is this a real talk right Renee no, you, it's you, the you best. know what life is right then you get oh, yeah. married 
Then you figure it out. It's not about you. Then after that, you have kids. Then you really mm -hmm. figure out it's really not about you. Right. I think no I think question. the great spouses and the great, great husbands, at least that are like for us. Right. We, we start to figure that out real quick. It's like, man, not only is this not about me, but this is really not about me, man. Then you then you then you hire 28 people then it's really not about you. And, it's, and you know, it's about us. So you could be selfish all you want, but it's not going to work, especially in this day and age. In this day and age, the workforce, right, they want to be cared for. And there's a saying out there, right, that says, uh, Renee, right, like people don't care what you know until they know what you, uh, that you, unless they know how much you care, right? Yeah. I, I believe that comes from Theodore Roosevelt. But I just tell my clients that are CEOs straight up, Man, if you don't empower and you try to manipulate your people, it doesn't work in this day and age. I mean, with a 27 year old like Udi, right? He ain't gonna be hanging around because he'll bounce. He could go anywhere, of course, right? Right. So in that, in that, I find that this is ironic that you have 28 people on your staff, and I teach and train this aspect of build and fly your V formation, right? Because science says that um, the V formation is the most traveling and. Uh, Traveling effective formation for uh, formation for migratory birds mm -hmm. and they can increase their range, meaning that they can go farther, faster and longer without having to stop to rest, eat, sleep or do what they got to do by 71 percent. I love it. Versus amazing. 71%, right? And so that's what I'm always trying to teach in the corporate companies that I coach. But I mean, it's ironic because it says in a, in a group of 25 or more, you have 28 versus a smaller group or by yourself because you can't have these processes without people. You can't, you can't uh, simplify your equation unless you could cut something off of the CEO, then your team lead, then your partner. And now everybody knows their processes and where they touch, you know, what, this is when you touch the ball, right? I'm going to get it to you in the paint. And that's what I, I'm going to, I'm going to roll. And then you take it and do what, do what you do in that Form and fly your V formation. You have 28, science says 25, become more 70, 71% more effective and efficient in terms of range. I, is that crazy? Is that what you guys are experiencing there uh, at the firm? Yeah, that, that's, that's an incredible stat and it uh, makes all kind of sense. Um, we didn't have 25 people last year when I was at my breaking point. So let's right. put it that way. Let's put it into context. And right. we, we did hire a few more took some time to, uh, to train up and to, to allow them to take stuff off the plate. But, you know, um, we, we want to make it to where no matter what position in the company it is, that nobody's overworked, that we all lean on each other, that we can be fast, efficient, and get in. So here's the thing. We, we, a lot of us have families, not all of us, but most of us have families. Even if they don't have family, they have stuff outside of the business that they want to do, and that's where life happens. So we right. want to be as efficient as possible during our business hours so we can get home and not have to worry about what's going on in the office. So want them to give back to what matters most for them. And uh, mm -hmm. so, yeah, it, it's uh, to be efficiency, automation, things like that that give us more time back. Those are the things that make me most excited, right? Yeah, that's right. And that's awesome because that's the kind of companies that are thriving right now, mm -hmm. not just companies that are effective and efficient in achieving their success, dreams, hopes and aspirations, their goals and their fiscal goals. Right. Mm -hmm. What they want in terms of the numbers and and profitability. But if you're not talking to your people about translating their success into joy, peace, happiness, fulfillment, love and family time.
man, there's some missing soul of companies like that. Your thoughts on that, Renee? What's your thoughts? Right. I mean, it's it's the why. We always want to know the why. We want to get the and I, and I want I want our clients to hear our why a lot as well. You know, I mean, we just have to. It means so much to us, and I want to. The personalities are amazing in here, and it's a shame that everybody doesn't know it. I, I tell them all the time. I want that to get out. We are going to make a, uh, a, an, an active effort to maybe use a social media or something to get that information out. But the why behind it, we you know we we all we do goal setting in here as a team that helps us from the other side know how we can be uh, even just a, a little little push from our end and while we're understanding what your goals are, how to get you there and, and, and understand what those whys are. It's just more than business. It, it, business is not to be all end all. I love it because we, we, we make it something that's not just, uh, just a job. We we're, we're in service here. We, we provide service. That's a really important service to people because they're buying their home to, to live their families with. So, you know, that's one thing that went completely out the door years ago. We weren't worried about the money. As long as we can keep the doors open here, we wanted to be able to help people. And I think that's why people continue to refer over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. We do next to no marketing. Yet we're hitting these crazy good numbers. And I think that's because of the culture that we have here. Right. And I think we can do a better job of getting it out on, on top of that. You, you mentioned something at our first lunch. So we met at at my um, a friend raising event for my foundation, right? But we didn't get a chance to meet me. But then, so we went to lunch, and you you said something that that absolutely floored me. That you 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 are all about excellence, but you decrease the level of expectation or really what the mark was in terms of the minimums, and yet your people are doing better than a lot of the mortgage companies around you. Right. Can, can you and I'm not I'm not doing it justice how, how you said it. But when you said yeah. it, I was like, that is phenomenal. Say that again. So, so could I mean, you explain to the audience what those are in terms of your standards and expectations, how you how you decrease that so it doesn't create anxiety and performance anxiety for your people? Because that's what that is in terms of the athletics. Right. You're like, right. hey, we got to win by 50. Mm-hmm. Man, look, just win. <laughs> Agreed. Your, your, Agreed. your thoughts on and and explain to the audience what I'm trying and I'm not doing it justice. What I'm trying to interpret about what you said. What we chatted about there is you know um, th- there's no gimmick to what we do here in the office. We do home. We do mortgages. We're mortgage brokers, so we shop around for the best rates and everything that's out there. However, all brokers have to set their comp level at a certain amount, and throughout everything, we specifically lowered our comp level to make it a win-win for everybody. Here's the thing. I'm helping people in their biggest uh, decision of their life is you yes, know, where to live and, and, and who, to, who, uh, who to go through for it. It costs a lot of money to do that. So it's not a small thing to, uh, to take it, take into consideration. However, the majority of lenders out there, like uh, I'm from the owner side, I can literally put a margin in our rate sheet, which means every loan officer in my office will be s- selling a slightly higher interest rate which could line my pockets. As an owner, Cam and I uh, have chose to put a zero margin on our rate sheet. So we're literally selling wholesale rates. Plus on top of that, we're contracted to make less than the industry standard, which means we are giving some people the best rates that are out there. Um, Now, when we committed to that, when we did that, what happened? Our volume went through the roof. We have a win-win. 
We, you know, we, we get these clients, these, these great experiences. We don't skimp on customer service on top of that. And then they end up with a good rate. What ends up happening? They tell their friends, they tell their family members, mm-hmm. and you know what? They come back to me and the other loan officers in our, um, in, in our office. So when it became uh, going from a place of service and just wanting to do right by clients, we were re- rewarded tenfold. And it's just, it wasn't the attention wow. in the beginning, but that's the reality of, 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 of life. You just want to go help people first. Money will work itself out. That, that is amazing, right? Because really with economists that I talk to, whether in the Ivy League level or at UC Davis, like I'm always, I'm like, I'm like this Polynesian wannabe athletic looking like Renee, but nerd, right? That That's me, right? That's me. Because I'm such a nerd with numbers and hey, how do I, what's the competition? How can it be more competitive, right? So what you're talking about is what economists call a differentiator in terms of the market share. Right. And so that's a major differentiator that you took the lowest comp level with a zero margin and contracted at the lowest. But you 10 times. That's right. I mean, our our growth has been through the roof. Obviously, rates were good at the same time. But um, but man, there's a foundation here and and everybody was able to, to really develop their book of business. Each individual loan officer, our loan officers. They develop their own brand just under our umbrella. And so, you know, we, we have them with, with, their, with their, their industry nicknames. We have Joe the Mortgage mm-hmm. Giant here. We got the fittest, uh, America's fittest loan officer is one right, of, right, right, one right. of our goals. Uh, so, right, you know, right. we, we let them develop their, their process. But if I were to put a mar- margin like the other uh, owners of companies that, that uh, directly lend, because we lend our own money as well, I could be making more often, yes. But right, at the same right. time, I would be setting them up for not not able to reach their goals the way that uh, that they want to. And I'm not about that. I want them. I want to do everything and have everything in place for them to reach their goals. Oh, that 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 is phenomenal. That I'm all about differentiators, right? And that's what I'm trying to do in my business as well. As and you know, like what what you guys are in is what's called the red ocean in terms of um, a market share. It's highly competitive. Right. So it's like a red ocean market. If you read the book, Blue Ocean Marketing, which I'm reading right now, that's what I'm always thinking about. Yeah. It's like you, you want to be a, and create differentiators in your in the market. And that's one of your ones. So then there's less competition. And then it really becomes what Coach V calls there's money in the transaction, but the wealth is in the relationships. Right. And there's so much to be said about that. But what would be some thoughts for you? Right. In terms of that, we're not in the hot seat yet. We're still going to get to the Coach V hot seat where I throw some of my quotes at you. But I just feel like what you're talking about is a great example of the Coach V quote. There's money in the transaction, but the wealth is in the relationships. You take care of your people, then the money and the profit margin and the profits increase. And that's just how life leadership and business works. Is that true or not true? And your thoughts on that? Definitely true. And we just want to reach more people. I mean, if I, here's the thing. I, I want to be honest with myself and how I communicate with myself, right? And I say I mm-hmm. want to help people. Oh, if, but I want to help people. But I want to put a margin in my, uh, my interest rate and, and not have them get the best that's out there. You know, that's counterproductive to what the true goal is. I want to do a transaction for a client and have them be a client for life. Right. Not about that individual client. I, we talk about further transactions, about how to set up investment stuff later. You know, it's a true, true uh, experience that's well above, uh, above and beyond what this individual loan is. So 
that's where the relationship starts and continues as we continue to keep uh, communication with them. I'll give you one other example of when we're dealing with our real estate agent partners. We get the majority, all of our stuff is referral only. So it might, mm-hmm. it might be clients, it might be real estate agents, but you know, we have a lender that their goal, that they're, they're a wholesale bank. Their, their goal is to do take as much stuff off of our plate as possible as, as mortgage brokers. So they do a lot for us. And, you know, when we see that and their commitment to us, that's where we had made our recent pivot to being exactly that for our real estate partners. So right. filter first here, if I can do things that takes off their plate on their daily basis, things that they should do, but may not have enough time to, we've had this whole five-step plan of things that we can take off of their plate. That's just done in-house. It's not an incentive. It's not for you to send business over here. Well, we know if we bring value to you, what happens? We will start to do business together. And then they can see our culture. Then they can see how much we're putting our clients first as well. And, you know, it, it's it's from a place of service. I have a bunch of real estate agents that I know in this industry that I have not actually sat down with and said, I want to do business with them as of yet. The reason being is until I had something tangible for me to give their way, I didn't even want to have that conversation. So I, I, I have a specific one that's he's buddies with a couple of my really good friends. I watch him from afar. He's doing great in the real estate industry. I love his style, love what he does on social media, and he's doing a lot of closings. But, you know, I needed to make sure that if we were ever to work together, that I'd be bringing a lot of value to him before we ever spoke about him sending a deal my way. And, and you're just, you're just such a giving guy and then person and then it, it's so sincere right because because you know you know how people are right Renee not fake. you and I've been around that. <laughs> and, and, and my ass went to UC Davis but I'm not like the highest acuity and like academic level person <laughs> around there right but I do know people like yeah. you're so sincere and then so like why would you pay the level of money that you would pay for you and Otis, Amy, and the crew to come and play at golf at my tournament. I just want to get your take on that. Like, you didn't even know me. You never even met me. And then we had this interaction where we didn't even meet yet, but you heard what we're about. You heard me communicate because you're all about that, right? Communicating yeah. on a very high level. I tried to communicate what our mission and vision was. And then we played golf. But you played, you paid money, some major money to come play at a golf tournament. Like, why would you do stuff like that? Why would you help guys like Otis, Amy out there from FC? CA, spread the word, go speak at, at camps and, and help kids and help your community. What's that all about with your company and for you in particular? Well, it means it means a lot to me. Um, I'll peel the curtain back. I, I would like to like give context to your the people who are listening on, on how that 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 went. So I once again, it all starts with relationships. Right. I do know somebody who's on uh, closely associated with uh, with your organization. He's a uh, He's the police chief over there in West Sac, Rob Strange. So he yeah, was the one shout out Rob up. Strange. What's yeah, up, chief? Amazing yep. guy. So, um, and when when you meet amazing people, when they say stuff, you listen. And I, he's the one who brought your organization to my attention. And so I do a lot of stuff with Otis Amy, who you know has mm-hmm. left much higher paying positions at uh, in multiple different uh, areas uh, of business to be the uh, leader over at FCA, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And they reach yeah. clients, uh, they reach kids through, uh, through sport um, and they're making a difference uh, on a daily basis. So, right. you know, 
I came to your event. Um, I love golf, so that didn't hurt. And you're good at it, unlike me. But yeah, <laughs> anyway, I would not call myself good. You've never seen that. Don't threaten me with uh, those words. <laughs> but, um, you know, I go there and I listen and I'm, I see you up there with people I already know are top quality. I didn't know that you and Otis Amy knew each other, but I knew he was in that type of an industry. And, and when I hear you talk, I'm sitting back there on a Monday morning which I rarely miss Mondays because of how busy it is at work. But right. um, I sit there, I'm listening to you and I'm around a couple ex-athletes. So Otis Amy and, uh, and um, Garrett Wasser, they both played at Sac State, played football as well. So they were on the team. And then uh, I have Jason Thomas with me, who's going to be joining my company um, as another loan officer who awesome. has a basketball background. So I'm sitting there with a few ex-athletes and we're listening to you. And you know what? I was, I was, I was taken back. I'm like, how have I never run across this guy yet? And uh, I couldn't wait to meet you is really what it was. So, you know, filling it back, that's, that's how our communication happened. Right. Just, uh, how long ago was that? A little bit over a month now, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Was? October 4th was our golf okay. tournament. Yes, yeah. sir. So, our, so, yeah. So it hasn't been that long, but you know, when, whenever I see somebody, the, the one thing I always thought when I was done playing sport that I would go directly into either coaching or something right. that would help people. However, I do vividly remember thinking to myself, the majority of my coaches were always like struggling with money or didn't have enough. And I, right. um, with me and how I am, I just don't half-ass anything. So if I'm going to be a coach, I want to be a coach all the time. And I want to not have external factors, maybe taking me away from giving my all to the kids if and when that were happen. So I went into business, figured if I, if I really do the business part right, that I can reach even more. When I right. see somebody like you and I see somebody like Otis Amy and I have multiple other people, Ben Alderman is another person I guarantee I'll be introducing you to who, who is reaching all kinds of kids. He reaches them through the foster system. And when I, um, when I see people like you three making a difference, those are all things that I want to do, but haven't gone down that path yet. So right. what am I going to be able to do it? Because I went down the business route and I'm helping people in a different way then I can put time and energy and money towards people who are really reaching it. So it means a lot to me because it's stuff that I would want to do myself. I just don't have it set yet, but I say yet. Uh, I can't wait to be able to be more of an asset to some of these kids. I just try when I can. Man, that's awesome. And you were so generous. You're like, man, I, I'm ready to make a monthly donation. I was like, man, we'll get there. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Because I was like, I need to bring value to you. Hey, you want to come on the Coach V show? And I was chopping up. Because I rarely meet people that have higher level energy than me. And I was like, this dude right here is on hit. He looks great. He could talk to talk. He's saying, you know what I mean? Because I think, I think those of us that have been around, Right. And when I say around, there's like not only have we hit a certain level of success, even though we think um, that we're only getting started, we have struggled and failed our asses off as well. So for those of us that have been around, we're very keen to the words, body language, facial expressions, energy yeah. levels, vibe. Right. I am keen on that. And that's the other reason why I went out to lunch. I was like, man, let me take you out to lunch. I figured out my staff was like looking at where you were. They're like, oh, they're in the tomb. So oh, I just had a, I just gained a client by having a, 
a lunch at BJ's. Let's schedule BJ's right there next to his office. So I really appreciate that. I appreciate what you are. And I look forward to really our fellowship for it. Because this is what I wanted to do. It's like what you talk about value add to your customers and to the people that work for your company. It's like, I'm like, man, I appreciate your willingness to, to, to make a monthly donation and help us in the future and all that. But I got to give something to you. And it's amazing when you have and find people like that because there's so many takers out there. Right, right, Renee. Oh, there are, there are. And, so I'm like, I, I was like, Renee, we'll get to that, man. But I need to tell your story. So in that, <laughs> all right. Well, what is that, Renee? What, what is, what would be Renee's message to the world? What would that be? Man, uh, gosh, that what a what an open-ended question there. Right. I mean, it, I, I just know when I talk to people that I am a an absolute regular guy that overachieved in a few different uh, times of my life, mostly from being around the right people. And, and what mm -hmm. I mean by that, the, the, the basketball teams that I was on, we, for St. Joe's and Alameda, top 25 in the nation from my sophomore year on. But my travel team, I mean, we were top five in the nation uh, at the time. We had, you know, like Matt Barnes on the team, Carlos Boozer, we used to fly out from Juneau, Alaska, had another uh, – uh, uh, NBA player he played for four years and every single person on the team went to like I went to Sac State's on the bottom of the totem pole we're talking about multiple people to UCLA Arkansas mm -hmm. uh, Stanford Duke like th those are the, the teammates that I had so you know I did get lucky because of the right people that I'm around now fast forward when I get to Sac State I was excited I had all this confidence I'm going to change a program around and I got up right. to Sacramento State and it was so much harder and I thought I lost more the first couple of years at Sac State than I ever had in my life. <laughs> Yet, that was the character building years of when things came into play where, yes, I was around a lot of quality people uh, and everything still at that time. But it made it so much more apparent about how important the team is. Mm. Just reach these high, incredible uh, heights that you have with with uh without the right team around you so you always hear me referencing teamwork you'll always see me bringing stuff from my basketball side of thing in the business hence the book the athlete's advantage of business it, i literally put uh i had to look back at my basketball career and see what has shaped me and been about my foundation that set me on a path of success in business so going back to what you said you know it, my story, it's a regular person that looked, I'm, a, I'm definitely, although I speak a lot and, and talk to people a lot, I am an introvert through and through. I need mm. to analyze stuff. I need to think about it myself. And I internally deal with a lot of stuff. Things changed when I became more honest with myself and stopped lying to myself internally. My quality of communication got better. And that's where things changed because between year between 22 years old, graduating from college up until about 28, 29, I struggled more than anybody out there, you know, like the, uh, so it just absolute regular guy walking through life, hitting bumps in the road. Like we all do. We all have our story about the things that felt like the end of the world to us, but, you know, finding a way and finding a way to look at these things and learning from it is all that it took. So, I'm at the point in my career where I just want to continue to share my struggles, the mm -hmm. things that I uh, did to get through those struggles and to hopefully, you know, get some, something from somebody that says, Hey, I read your book and I, I took this one thing from it, or I had a conversation or heard you talk to somebody else and took this, what, this one thing from it. Those things are super, super valuable to me because it doesn't take a superhuman 
to get to where your uh, your goals are at all. Right. It takes consistency. It just takes the level headedness. It just takes the quality communication internally to get there. And I mean, that's that is in a nutshell where I am at this point in time, just trying to trying to help in any way I can with anybody that's in and around my life. Okay, so what are the projects that you're excited about? You have about a minute and a half to two minutes for this part. Uh, what, what are you excited about? And then how can we buy your book, Athletes Advantage in Business? And and how do we get a hold of you? Like, what are your social media handles? And yeah. how do people get a hold of you either to come and speak to their business or come speak about, you know, the Athletes Advantage in Business and why business should be something every athlete I, I meet so many successful former athletes in business that's killing it because they're just so competitive and they understand that every loss or decline or failure is just another lesson to move forward. Right. And then, so, so in that, what is that for you, Renee? I mean, I literally look for ex-athletes to hire. I know that right. they're uh, inherently mentally tough. Uh, not all of course, but, a lot. So that's what you're looking for. Somebody that's coachable, somebody that uh, when the pressure's on is going to step up for it. So that's, that's a great groundwork for it. But, um, but going back to your few questions there, the athletes advantage in business, if you just put it in Amazon, um, I was, it, what a great project. It was a research project for me, interviewed a few very successful ex-athletes um, and uh, was able to go Amazon um, bestseller in both the U.S. and Canada. So if you put that into Amazon, you can uh, you can definitely find that book and um, and either download it or get the paperback. Um, I'm really proud of a first draft, first effort at putting a book out for somebody who growing up didn't even like to read and never thought I would have this. I can't believe it's a tangible thing. So it was a a decent first effort and um, getting good feedback on that. But aside from that, I would like people to reach out anytime. My Instagram handle is CEO underscore Jacques. So my last name is Jacques, J-A-C-Q-U-E is in Edward, S is in Sam. And if you go on there, it has my link tree and it has link tree to the Athletes Advantage in Business. Athletes Advantage is now uh, a... a um, um, a not a nonprofit that where we're trying to 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 raise money and we use it for kids for to get them help with applying to colleges and getting them mm -hmm. out there. Um, and it has links to my my company website uh, for for Golden Bay. I also own another corporation where we own five locations of laundromats. I dabble in a lot of business stuff, but I always like to talk about business and kind of start forming that that mindset for kids and young adults of, you know, what the next step is, because I want to ask the questions to allow them to kind of find what their why is and get their goals uh, set in place. So, um, you know, starting the nonprofit baby stages, I try to find other nonprofits like yours, like Fellowship of Christian Athletes, uh, like the, uh, um, like uh, the Power Project as well. So, um to where we can we can put this money towards other organizations that are that are doing well and impacting kids' lives, and trying to use this as a tool to cast a wider net. So that's um, definitely connect with me through there. You can get to me many different channels just by starting there.
All right. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Coach V Show here on Island City, where the beach meets the streets. We have gotten to the segment of the show where I'm going to put Mr. Renee on the Coach V hot seat. I'm going to ask a couple questions because we only have a couple minutes. But uh, what was if I say this, what's your response to it, Renee? Regardless of the industry that you're in, we are all in the people business. That is the truth. That's all we do. We is connect with people. We just happen to do loans on uh, here, here, uh, here at Golden Bay. But it's all about the connection. Relationship first is literally one of the pillars of Golden Bay. Yep. And as you say, because I often tell people, it's like, man, you know, I'm successful. I mean, I'm the skinniest Polynesian you ever seen. Right. So you said, so, so uh, shout out to Chelsea Bay Mount that's down there at Ramon in San Diego. Cause brother, your six pack at, at like 50 years old is still rocking. So I'm not as skinny as you brother. So shout out to Chelsea, but you said, you said a term like you don't half-ass anything. So I always tell people, man, never half-ass anything. If you want to do something, you better fool ass it. What's your thoughts on that? What's your thoughts on that, Renee? I mean, why why waste your time with something if you're not going to do it right? You know, so I mean, here's the thing: if you know, growing up in Oakland, don't talk about it, be about it. You want to you want to do stuff, and if if you don't say that you want to be good at basketball, but but half-ass practice, don't say you want to be successful and how many loans you're going to close and not make the calls or not show up to work and stay late and do what it takes to get there. It's lip service, the cliches, although I use a lot of them, I try not to say anything unless I really mean it and I, I preach it and, and live it is what it is. Um, life deserves your full attention. So if you mm. have something that you're, uh, that you're interested in and you want to get to your goals, don't half-ass it. When you say full asset, I like that one, man. <laughs> man especially because my fob, but man, because you know, I came here, I couldn't speak English at a very high level, right? So that's yeah. kind of like that island slang. Hey, bro, don't try half-ass that, man. You got a full asset. <laughs> that's <laughs> great. Just starts cracking up. <laughs> and you said you said life deserves your full attention. Is that what you just said? That's, that's what that. I just said, yeah. I love that. I've never used that one before, uh, yeah. as a matter of fact. Uh, it's just like it, it, when you care about stuff, I mean, put your heart into it. Your life deserves it. You, you don't know when. Uh, life is is going to be no more. Um, and and so it deserves your full attention. Yes, sir. So in that, that you get the final word on the show, just being on the show. And then after that, any any closing shout outs to wifey, family, kids, anybody else on your team? You're, you get Definitely. the final word and shout outs, brother. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I mean, it, it would be almost too much to, to list. We have, uh, I have such a power team. I'm talking about Cam Villa, Dino Rossetti, uh, um, uh, Joe, Joe, the mortgage giant here in my office. I, my entire team already mm-hmm. shout out to me, but I have business partners on other ventures. Um, the guy who taught me how to do loans is now my business partner on, um, on the laundromats is Dominic Ybarra. But first, That's but awesome. the, the absolute number one is my wife, Marie, Marie Jacshi. Um, you know, when it, it's hard to step off the ledge when, when you're trying to be an entrepreneur and yes, I was so terrified because of the possibility of letting my family down. She has been the rock. She worked for the state, made it, took a little bit off of the, uh, the pressure of, of, you know, making sure we had, um, you, you know, coverage for, for our health insurance and everything like that. She's just been the absolute rock and allowed for all of this of what we 
have been able to accomplish and still so much to go is like literally none of it happens without my wife. That's awesome. So thank you everybody for tuning in and thank you to our featured guest, the CEO of Golden Bay and also the author of Athlete Ad- Athletes Advantage in Business that you can find on Amazon. You can find him on IG at CEO underscore J-A- C-Q-U-E-S in there. You can find the link tree to everything else that you need to know about Mr. Renee Jack. So thank you, Renee, for coming on the show. And for everybody out there from Renee and I, this is what we think, right? Like, we're not just trying to do this just for the sake of success, but for the sake of being our best. In doing so, you realize the best of your abilities and that everything that you work and grind for can be achieved. And this is how this success coach and CEO of a mortgage company lives all about faith and family, grateful for God's amazing grace. Every Mono Motivation Monday, you know where to find your your boy, Coach V, right here on the Coach V Show. Thank you once again to Renee for coming on the show. And until next time, thank you for tuning in to the Coach V Show, where iron sharpens iron together. We rise from your boy, Renee, your boy, Coach V, right here from the 9-1 Sizzle and broadcast from Hollywood, California's Dash Radio Studios, powered by Island City Media Group. Until next time, one love, mad respects. Live it. Peace.